With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the NFL. Welcome to the NFL, rookie. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the DWZ. That's right, the Dynasty Warzone's very own rookie rundown. As always, I am your host, Dallas. You can find me on all the social medias at Salad Galore. That is Dallas, spelled backwards with a double L, Galore. It's great to be here, guys. Um, Sorry, missed me last week. There was a gap in my coverage there. I was not able to get an episode out before last Sunday, so I figured I'd just hold off till a little bit more of the free agent signings happened so I could do a quick analysis kind of giving my thoughts on Fantasy Outlook immediate impact type of deal, what I'm thinking right now, as well as try and kind of find the remaining spots for the remaining free agents. There's quite a few wide receivers that are still unsigned, which is not super surprising, um, as well as tight ends. The running backs pretty much are all locked and loaded as to where they're going, though, outside of just a couple. So without further ado, just going to do a quick analysis on the four positions that I talked about for running back, wide receiver, quarterback, and tight end, the free agency fallout, um, basically what it kind of is looking for, quick analysis on the draft now for the team, what I think that player means for the team, and then if I like the signing or not. So we'll just dive right on in. Starting with the running back position, um, as a reminder, the first two guys were tagged. I already had that at the time of recording last time. So Saquon Barkley stayed in the New York Giants blue, and Josh Jacobs is still a Las Vegas Raider. Going on to a guy near and dear to my heart, though, we will dive into David Montgomery. Uh, My initial prediction on the landing spot was Philadelphia. Philadelphia actually made the first running back signing out of the entire group very early on in the process, but it was not Montgomery. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, David Montgomery ended up in Detroit. <clears throat> um, like the fit for him, it's really good for the Detroit Lions team. Do not really like it for his fantasy value. Um, you're going to see a very similar situation between him and Swift. Um, th- the touchdown total is unrealistic that Jamal Williams got in Detroit last year, so I think it is actually a tick down from a healthy David Montgomery. <clears throat> the next person on the list is Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders, my prediction was the Los Angeles Chargers to pair with a guy like Austin Eckler, who is now on the trading block, apparently. Unfortunately, he went to Carolina. A pretty good setup for him for the offensive line. He has pretty much the best landing spot that anyone probably could have asked outside of Miami in this free agency running back class. And I think that Carolina is still probably going to draft a running back. Um, but I think Miles Sanders is in the best spot that he probably could have landed for for fantasy purposes. Kareem Hunt <clears throat> was, uh, you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna audible a little bit on this. Um, I'm gonna keep all of the people that have not signed until the end from all the positions, and then do a rundown on those afterwards. So we'll skip over Hunt for now. Um, Tony Pollard actually ended up getting the tag, so he's staying in Dallas. Um, the Miami Dolphins was my selection for that. Still liked that, but Miami basically just re-signed all the backs that they had last time, and will probably just stick status quo until they draft one in this year's NFL draft. <clears throat> Devin Singletary and Damian Harris are still not signed. 
Rashad Penny I had going to Dallas. He was actually that first signing I had alluded to for Philadelphia. Um, it's a pretty good landing spot overall for them specifically. If he can stay healthy and be a contributor on their team, I think he can be extremely productive for them. But staying healthy is a problem, so I'm glad that they do have Gainwell. Um, it's a pretty pretty even flip, if you ask me, based off the of production that you're going to get from Penny and Sanders in that system. So it'll be interesting to see what that is going to be like for him. Um, you, again, you can probably still get Rashad Penny for like a late third, and that's something I'm willing to do for a guy that has a potential 200 touch total this year, um, but it's really hard to rely on him. So that's a, uh, a depth move more than anything. James Robinson has, since um, the time of recording now, signed with the New England Patriots. Um, pretty much a very smart Patriots back, what we would kind of expect as a Patriots back. I had him going to Cleveland to replace Dearness Johnson, who I had going to Arizona, but Arizona has not signed anyone. Dearness Johnson is still in the market. Um, Robinson, it's a good fit for him. I don't see a lot of work coming his way, though. Um, Dante Foreman is now a bear, which is kind of cool. Um, Efficiency-wise, he's actually a little bit more efficient than what Monty was able to do for us last year, but that was with a slightly better offensive line. So the thing is, I think it's pretty much a wash when it comes to their production, um, which is good for the Bears and good for Foreman owners. I'm glad he actually got kind of an opportunity here, and he seems pretty confident that he's going to be working as a 1A, 1B, or at least attempting to you know, become the lead back in that system. Um, Jamal Williams, another big guy, ended up with the New Orleans Saints, um, just kind of to edge that gap a little bit for them with the inevitable Kamara suspension most likely coming down the road here in the next couple months. Um, I had him go to the Los Angeles Rams because he felt like a Ram, but the the more I think of it, he actually does feel like a Saint as well, very physical run style. Um, I think it's a very good landing spot. It's basically, I mean, you could realistically see like the early Mark Ingram ink early Mark Ingram career rushing totals from a guy like Jamal Williams in New Orleans. Um, Samaj P. Ryan, I had him staying, but unfortunately Mixon was the one that ended up staying in Cincinnati. He ended up going to the Denver Broncos, so he's the bridge for the Jamal Williams link up. Um, I think it's an okay play, but it was a very low cost and safe play that they ended up going with. Um, so I can't fault him for doing that, but it's not as exciting for his overall fantasy value. And then Alexander Madison decided to return to Minnesota. And like I said, Mixon ended up staying in Cincinnati. Going on to the quarterback position, uh, most of the quarterbacks are signed. There's only a couple that have not. Um, Those ones are pretty well known right now. So I'll just give you kind of my uh, immediate fantasy take. Uh, Derek Carr to New Orleans, I do like that one for the overall offense in general. Um, Not so much for Carr. I think it's a lateral move. Daniel Jones staying in a New York Giants uniform. Um, it's status quo. Nothing's going to change. Don't really like that team in general offensively. Um, Geno Smith stays in Seattle. Love the move for him. He's with two high-octane weapons in the passing game, as well as a high-octane running back in the backfield to back him up. It means you know a very steady, safe floor at probably 15. Um, Baker Mayfield is going to Tampa Bay. I actually like that. It's a cheap bridge option. That's actually where I had him going as well. So I'm glad that was a fit. Um, I think it's good for the offense overall. You're probably going to see on par play with what we saw last year with Brady, which should be fine from a fantasy standpoint. Um, Jimmy G went to Las Vegas Raiders, which is also a call that I had picked. Um, I like the pick overall. It's just kind of status quo, but they did bring in a wide receiver of note that I'll talk about here in a little bit that I think does boost the overall performance that you're going to see from this offense. Jacoby Brissett ended up going to the Washington Commanders to back up Sam Howell, um, so they must be sticking with their word or moving up basically for a quarterback in this year's draft. Um, I had him originally going to Indianapolis and staying in Indianapolis, uh, staying in Indianapolis, but unfortunately that was not 
correct. Um, Marcus Mariota has a backup for a rushing quarterback in Baltimore, but he actually is going to be the rushing backup for the quarterback that likes to run in Philadelphia. Um, it's a backup plan. If you have issues with injury, he's a long-term starter and you can put him in and fill him in if you need to in a couple gaps like they had to do with Gardner Minshew last year. Seems good for me. And then Tyler Haneke actually went to Atlanta. Um, this is one that I do enjoy. Um, I thought that this was a good landing spot for, it was basically either him or Wentz was going to end up in Atlanta or Houston. And so I actually have them flip-flopping for future reference, just when I go over that. I do like the landing spot. If Raider flames out, it's basically Heineke season, which is, you know, volatile, but does have fantasy purpose for your teams if, uh, you know, they decide to switch to him down the road in a tank kind of move, if you will. Um, the three quarterbacks that have not signed anywhere are Tyler Huntley, Aaron Rodgers, yet, and Carson Wentz. Moving on to the tight end position, only three of the nine tight ends have actually signed. So this is actually a position I am curious to talk about and we'll be talking about in depth later. But uh, Mike Gusecki, I had going to Tennessee due to an extreme need on their team outside of Chiggy. Um, he ended up going to New England, um, hoping to just kind of rehash that Aaron Hernandez vibe from him in New England. I do like the move for him. It makes a lot of sense. And they have a receiving tight end to pair with Hunter Henry. Um, that is very athletic. Uh, Hayden Hurst, I had going to Houston. He ended up going to Carolina. Um, and then I had Robert Tanyan going to Chicago, and that is indeed where he went. I like both of those moves for them. Hurst is a very, very, very safe and reliable target for your quarterback, especially a rookie quarterback. And with Jordan Aikens shipping out of town recently, um, I just think the move makes a lot of sense. And then with Tanyan, um, it's exactly what we needed, a receiving threat that could complement um, the blocking that we need from a guy like Cole Komet if we're going to keep him on the team. So um, I liked that move a lot. That's why I had him going there beforehand. And then going into the wide receiver positions, those that have signed. Robert Woods I had going to Buffalo in a return, but he ended up going to Houston. Um, this makes me think more so that they are concerned about the development of guys like Nico Collins and John Mechie. If you're going to bring in a vet like this when you still have Brandon Cooks on the roster, um, spoiler, Cooks has not been traded yet and has not been uh, cut. So that's an interesting one. I had him go to Dallas, but that's a guy that I will uh, talk about here in a little bit. Um, Alan Lazard, oh, sorry, Robert Woods fantasy outlook. I think it's good for him this year. Um, I think he's going to get quite a few targets from a rookie, um, to go along with Hayden Hurst as a very safe underneath target. Um, Alan Lazard, I had going to the New York Jets and that is indeed where he is going. I told you it was a scheme familiarity and a Rogers fit more than anything. Uh, when Rogers inevitably does go to the Jets, when he decides to get, uh, you know, get on the other team. I think it's a good outside option, but you're not going to see anything higher than the value, the splash plays that you would expect from like a Gabe Davis or an MVS. So he's not going to be a reliable play, just like he kind of wasn't in Green Bay either. Juju Smith-Schuster, I had going to Baltimore, but he ended up actually replacing Jacoby Myers in New England when Jacoby Myers shipped off to the Las Vegas Raiders. Two back-to-back -back here. I think the Ju uh, Juju move to New England is actually really good for him. He's going to be locked and loaded, the number one target in that offense. So it should be very, very productive target total-wise for him if he can stay healthy. And then Jacoby Myers, I love the move as well. He's going to be a lot more open than he was on the New England Patriots due to the weapons that are around him right now. And he could be a very, very sneaky late option for you in that offense in you know redrafts in 2023 um paris campbell i had going to atlanta replaced uh to replace lamias zacchaeus but he ended up actually going to the new york giants in a classic giant move which is 
comical to me. Um, they have so many small slot-style slot receivers, basically, on that team. And it is just something that's going to have to change if they want to you know, find success on offense. Um, it was a lateral move, especially bringing back Darius Slayton. That is basically their only move in this offense on wide receiver, I would say. And so that should be pretty concerning for anyone who's a Daniel Jones owner, going in with the exact same weapon core that you had last year. Next person to sign was Noah Brown. I had him going to San Francisco for the same reasons that he actually went to Houston. Like I said, they were going to be looking for those big-bodied guys to get those touchdowns in the red zone. And that's why I originally had him going to San Francisco. That's kind of what they need outside of Kittle. But he goes to Houston and is going to be doing that exact same thing. Um, Nico Collins hasn't been productive in the red zone thus far. Um, he has a very poor catch rate when targeted right now. And they just need options with Jordan Aikens going. So bringing in a big tight end and a big 6'2", 225-pound Debo-esque type of player, which is someone that, uh, you know, that offensive staff is going to be kind of familiar with body type-wise. Now in Houston, uh, I, I just think it was a solid move and a very cheap acquisition and a savvy move from, you know, a head coach that's doing a lot of those this offseason. Darius Slayton I had going to Pittsburgh, but he stayed put in the Giants offense. Status quo, um, you can't use him on a week-to-week basis. He's just a strictly best ball play. And then Michael Thomas actually surprised a lot of people by restructuring his contract, um, taking a pay cut, an actual pay cut, down to $15 million maximum, including his incentives this year, to stay with New Orleans and just going to ride it out with Derek Carr and this offensive weapon core. So that was actually huge for his value. I think that's going to be... <laughs> A pretty big deal with him sticking around if he can stay healthy. He could be another steal um, in a similar vein to what I had kind of the uh, the Jacoby Myers where people aren't going to be thinking about him quite as much as they typically do just because of how good Chris Olave is expected to be um, with Derek Carr. But I, I think he's going to be a lot cheaper for the production that you're going to get him for with. And that's kind of where we're at. There's actually a lot of players still out on the board right now that need to find houses. Um, So let's just go through the list, kind of slowly um, break down where these players are and kind of like the last resort options for them without it just kind of getting messy or them returning to their teams and being very unhappy or just not getting signed at all um, until after the draft. Um, The first is Kareem Hunt. I had him going to Chicago, but with Chicago and the Bears bringing in a guy like Doug, uh, Donta Foreman. I think the draft is the only way they're going to bring in another running back at this point. So I have him actually pivoting. So after the news of the Austin Eckler requesting a trade and then allowing him to seek a trade, I think that's kind of inevitable. I don't think they're just going to re-sign right now when you give the guy you know, the right to basically go out and find that trade partner. I would be willing to bet someone's going to be willing to trade for him. So there's going to be a hole in that offense. I have Kareem Hunt being one of the most stable starters that you can bring in to kind of mentor a true you know, tried and true rookie, basically. Um, so I have him going to the Chargers. I think that would be a pretty safe play and kind of the same type of workload you would have expected with him going to Chicago. Probably 200 touches, which is pretty much on par with what he's had since going to Cleveland, and he's been a top 15 back multiple times in that time span. Devin Singletary I had going to Denver as a cheap acquisition. They filled that with Samaj Piran, so I'm going to a team who I also had a guy going to that still hasn't signed a running back but still needs one, and that is the Los Angeles Rams. So back-to-back LA teams getting two running backs. Um, Devin Singletary going to the Los Angeles Rams makes a lot of sense. He's going to be a cheap compliment in that backfield that's going to be more successful than the young talent they have thus far, and they're a team that is always you know, sneaky, going to add an offensive weapon when you don't think they will in the draft. And honestly, Singletary could be like a cap casualty, kind of like Devonta Foreman could be if the Bears drafted a 
another running back in the draft. So it's just kind of a play that makes sense, especially on a team that they've started to make the cuts. They have the salary cap now. They could do $2 million to $3 million on a Devin Singletary prove-it deal one year. Um, Damian Harris, I had going to Seattle and I still have him going to Seattle, especially because they officially, I didn't talk about him because he's not a fantasy contributor, but Travis Homer also left Seattle for Chicago. So, um, Seattle is officially down to just DJ Dallas and Kenneth Walker on the team right now with Penny also going to Philly. So it's a move that makes a lot of sense. I like the play style, the scheme fit and the similarity to a guy like Kenneth Walker on that offense. Um, they like their mold. They like to stick with it. And he's a guy that could get a decent contract because Seattle has basically signed anyone and everyone recently. Jarek McKinnon. <laughs> hold on. Zeke, stop. Thank you. Sorry, my dog was making a noise. Um, so Jarek McKinnon I had going to Jacksonville. Um, I still have to go to Jacksonville. There's still a hole in the offense, especially with Robinson being gone as of last year. Kind of just nobody's as fill-in spots for a potential Travis Etienne injury, and it's a guy that can make a lot of sense because it doesn't seem like the Chiefs have any interest in bringing him back. It would be a good move for him on an explosive offense that likes to pass the ball, which is his skill set. Um, Dearness Johnson, I had going to Arizona along with Tyler Huntley, the first quarterback. I have both of them still going to Arizona. They haven't made pretty much any moves. They didn't re-sign a guy like Zach Allen, so there is some cap space to be used right now. And it makes a lot of sense to bring in two guys. It's kind of one year, just fill-ins at uh, each position to just hold down the fort in case, again, there's a James Conner injury or this inevitable Kyler injury hap where we're not going to see him probably till late October or November at the earliest. Um, both moves would be good for fantasy. Uh, Aaron Rodgers still haven't gone to the Jets. He's going to the Jets at some point. We just don't really know when it's going to happen. Um, as long as they're not shipping away weapons as of right now, I think it's a great move for fantasy. But if they start getting into the conversations of we want Elijah Moore or we want Garrett Wilson or something like that in the trade value, that's when shit gets a little weird. Um, you have Wentz. I had him going to Atlanta, but that's actually where Tyler Heineke ended up going. So I'm going to put Wentz where I had Heineke going in Houston. Um, he is a good bridge quarterback. There's absolutely no way he's going to start unless the rookie quarterback is absolutely flaming out for some reason, or if they go with like an Anthony Richardson, number one overall Wentz would make some sense for Houston, just due to the number of draft picks basically that they have. But we will see ultimately how it ends up working out. Um, I anticipate it being a decent situation and working out pretty well if Wentz does go there as a one-year starter type of fill-in move. And going on to the tight end position, uh, Dalton Schultz is the big ticket money item that is still yet to sign with another team. I had him signing with Carolina, who ended up signing Hayden Hurst. I knew that they were going to bring in a tight end. I just didn't know which one. Um, the biggest hole still out of the remaining teams that really need a tight end that have the money for him is still Tennessee. Um, he could be a really good fit in Chicago, and that would seem to you know go in lockstep kind of what I would anticipate them doing based off of their wild offseason thus far, but I actually have him going to Tennessee. Um, him paired up as a true blocker all around tight end to allow Chiggy to like truly be in that pass catching big slot role that I think he would succeed in is pretty big for a guy like Schultz. Uh, he'd be on the field basically every snap as well, and him in play action is worked great in Dallas. I anticipate it working great in Tennessee as well. Foster Moreau has yet to sign. He currently did a visit with the Jets, which is pretty much what everyone's doing. Um, but I also had him going to San Francisco 49ers. I still have him going to the 49ers. He'd be a great compliment to a guy like Kittle and an eventual guy to take over um, if Kittle's injuries start to 
continue as they have recently, so it just makes quite a bit of sense. Um, another team that's in need of another pass-catching tight end after letting go of Cameron Brait is Tampa Bay, who I selected Irv Smith to fall to before this episode and still have him going there. Um, if it makes a lot of sense, makes a lot more explosive options, even more so than are already there for Baker Mayfield this year. And uh, if you do a short one-year deal, which I anticipate him getting, it just makes a lot of sense. Um, I had Austin Hooper replacing Dalton Schultz in Dallas. I still have that move, especially with um, Noah Brown getting shipped off. I think Dallas is still in need heavily of an over-the-middle pass-catching option to complement C.D. Lamb, so I anticipate it being the exact same setup with that. Going on to the wide receivers, I had Mecole Hardman returning to Kansas City, but there's been no chatter about that. There's a lot of chatter actually about Mecole either landing with the Cleveland Browns to join Juan Thornhill, who just signed there, or another option, which is where I have him going now. I was dabbling with this prior to the first episode, but he just makes a lot of sense in Chicago. Um, There's the Bulls connection. He knows what he is, and explosiveness deep down the field is the one thing that we need to truly solidify in this offense for us. Bringing in Meikle as a four option on the team when you have the salary cap to do it could just be another awesome option for a guy like Justin Fields and would make a ton of sense. It'd be great for Fields, not great for Meikle overall value, but it would just open up the offense even more. And they're one of the few teams still with money that's willing to you know just make all these shotgun signings or be able to make these offensive shotgun signings. The next speed guy um, I had on the field was DJ Chark. I had him going to Las Vegas Raiders, but they were the big ticket money item in Jacoby Myers buyers. So I actually audible that and had DJ Chark going to Cleveland, um, him being the deep threat that, you know, kind of complement the outside with a guy like um, DPJ or to replace DPJ makes a lot of sense for Chark. Um, so I have him going there. I think it'd be a pretty good move for him and he'd be pretty consistent with Deshaun Watson who liked Will Fuller quite a bit. Um, Jarvis Landry, I had signing cheap to Kansas City, who still technically needs another wide receiver, even with kind of rocking status quo what they have. I expect them to go ahead and do that and sign another one. So it'll be kind of interesting to see what ends up happening. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, I had being traded from the Arizona Cardinals to the Indianapolis Colts. I still have that happening. If that happens, it is amazing for him and whatever rookie quarterback goes there for fantasy purposes. Brandon Cooks, I had being traded to the Dallas Cowboys. I still see that happening. OBJ I had going to the New York Giants. Actually audible that now. Um, I would have OBJ chasing a ring as of right now still with Buffalo. Um, it's just the team that makes the most sense. Buffalo and Dallas, it's going to be one of those two, but I think that the trade for Brandon Cooks, who's younger, to stay in-state and go to a true contender is probably going to work out a little bit better than OBJ signing, so that's why I have those flip-flopped. And then I still have Julio Jones retiring. Um, the biggest acquisition of the offseason trade purpose-wise is still DJ Moore going to the Chicago Bears. Um, I have not had a chance to really talk about that on a podcast yet, but I will be deep diving that in the coming weeks on a couple of my other ones when I go to the offseason breakdowns per team and what you're looking for in the draft specifically. And so, um, yeah, that move was crazy. It's great for fantasy. I think it's going to work out amazing for Fields and him. But um, that is your episode, folks. I just want to go short and sweet, just kind of give you my ending predictions, show you kind of where we're at. I am surprised at how dull the wide receiver and tight end markets have been thus far. I would hope that's going to heat up pretty soon on some guys that have been, you know, pretty heavily involved in fantasy contributions over the last couple of years. So I'd anticipate that to pick up. The running back position is pretty much dead, and quarterbacks are all 
the important ones basically are already where they're supposed to be. And the ones that aren't, we know where they're going to be. So this has been another fun episode. Um, I will be deviating, deviating kind of from this free agency market, unless there's some crazy trades basically to start diving into more of my positional rankings videos, as well as individual prospect takes um, leading up to the overall draft, um, kind of my analysis process. Just as a reminder, I like to do that every year for you on the rookies. And then also diving into team-specific fits or team-specific needs in the draft for each division. Um, There's about eight weeks left to the draft. I'm going to be pumping out those videos to basically give you all of that player analysis and position fits and team fits and everything like that prior to the draft here for the next two months. Um, so that's what you have to look at, have to look forward to. Um, as always, you can find me on Twitter at salad galore and until next week, have a great time guys. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak